Hey yo, I'm Katie. And it's your co-host Corey, and this is the Press Next Picket Podcast. You know how we do. Welcome back to an all new episode of the Press Next Podcast. We are so excited that you have joined us today. Um, this is the last week of April or the last mm-hmm. episode of April um, where we are discover- discovering, where we are discovering. discussing um, sexual assault awareness. So uh, the things that are said in this week's episode may be triggering to you. So uh, just a trigger warning if you are uncomfortable with that or if you would rather not listen to it, we totally understand. So just wait around for our episode next week. Um, and yeah, thank you for being yeah, here. Definitely. We want to welcome you in. Um also, next month, just to kind of give you a, a shot ahead for next month, next month is Mental Health Awareness Month, so we will be kind of diving into that direction and that topic. Um, so if so, we'll be watching films, TV shows, and documentaries mm-hmm, centered around mm-hmm. that. And I would love to have a bevy of different people on the show next month, uh, specifically to speak about either their battles with mental health and or how they are helping in that field and things of that nature. So if you are listening to this podcast right now, you're like, oh my gosh, I would love to speak about mental health next month. Uh, what you can do is you can sign up uh, via our sign up sheet. So if you go to any of our social medias, uh, specifically IG and maybe even TikTok, uh, in our bio is our link tree. On that link tree is a form for guest sign up. So you can sign up to be a guest. Just put your information there. Katie and I will reach out to you um, and try to get some more information from you and see if uh, it's if you're available to be on the show. But we would love to do that next month. Um, I would specifically, I'm a little bit biased because most people know my background when it comes to mental health. Um, so I really, really want to go into depth uh, next month about mental health, uh, something that is, well, is plaguing a lot of us. If people don't know, what is your background in mental health? Okay, so I have my, thank you for making me expand. Uh, my wife, everybody, hand clap, hand clap. Yes, um, yes. The wonderful co host that she is. I got my undergrad in psychology. And I know most people are like, psychology is the easy route, but I didn't do it just because it was the easy route. I actually enjoyed it. And, and I got one of my masters in clinical mental health counseling. And so I do um, a lot of work, not necessarily specifically in counseling, but I work with uh, mm-hmm. students on college campus. And this is mental health is very prevalent in our culture. And so I try to do the, the best work that I can in that area with the resources that I have. But I have a bunch of friends who are counselors uh, who mm-hmm. have got their licensure and um, who are doing great work in the field. So if you're hearing this or anybody, you know, has a story when it comes to mental health, we want to be able to boost that story to for us to utilize our platform to help you out, uh, get your story out there and or how you're helping. So, again, hit that sign up sheet. There's a lot of other things in our link tree, uh, link tree to our YouTube, link tree to um, everything. If you want to give us money, um, we are self-funded. We'll get to that at the end, a little church announcements. Uh, but make sure you are clicking that in your bio. And I know in last episode we talked about how I went viral on TikTok. Well, last week, Katie went viral on TikTok. Uh, so if you are here from TikTok, shout out to you. We love TikTok. Um, we love the stuff that we have we have done on TikTok. And we are happy to say that also on Mondays, we pretty much are going to start going live, playing playing games uh, with our fans. Yes, and stuff, so. we, went, we went live Monday and that was so much fun. We were on there for like two hours, I think. Yeah. It was really fun talking with long. everyone. Yeah, but it was so fun. So we're going to do that again uh, and hopefully continue that out where we just get on live with our fans and then play the card games that our fans can play as well with us. Uh, you don't have to be in the same room. So, Also, yeah. um, I don't think that we have set in stone what we're going to cover next month for uh, the Mental Health Awareness Month. Facts. Movies so and TV movies. shows and things, things like that. So if you have something that you want to suggest or if you have something that you think is perfect for the topic of discussion and you think we should watch it, um, also in that link, there is a way to suggest movies. So just go ahead and put, you know, Mental Health Month and then put the movie or the TV show or the documentary that you're suggesting and we will uh, check it out and maybe cover a podcast over it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. We want suggestions, uh, no matter how. I think where the Joker from, would be so. cool. And Joker would the be cool one. to, yeah. The new and, one. and and I think a lot of people want to talk about that. I think we should do that. 
I think we really should do that. Ooh, look at me. Uh, um, that kind of hits two topic areas that we all love, right? Which is mental health and then also like the, the uh, superhero slash villain kind of aspect uh, mm-hmm. or origin stories. People love origin stories. So um, that would be cool to even have somewhat of like a, a round table. But yeah. I don't know if we have that many people. But, <laughs> but I would love <laughs> to have maybe two uh, two more people on just to, to talk about some of these topics. Because we really all have been um, over time kind of wrecked by mental health issues and i'm so glad mm-hmm. where we are today specifically when it comes to mental health but uh, we have a long way to go so i want people to talk with that being said though we are not there yet we are still in sexual assault awareness month yes uh and today today's a very interesting episode huh Yes. So this week we are covering abducted in plain sight. So mm. I don't know if y'all remember when this uh, documentary movie came out in 2017. It was the topic of discussion. So yeah, it, was. Uh, it is the twisting, turning, stranger than fiction, true story of the Brobergs, a naive church going Idaho family that fell under the spell of a sociopathic neighbor with designs on their 12 year old daughter yeah just a just a weird situation and here's the thing it was set i think um you know some time ago 70s or 80s like late 70s early 80s maybe Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so times were different back then very much so and they kind of talk about it in the film but the thing is this is probably one story that there's much more that just have not been told Right. There's you know a lot to unpack here. Yeah, a bunch to unpack. And we can just, let's get into it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, let's, let's jump waste right no in. No time. <laughs> let's jump in on a scale of one to 10. You, typically, we ask this question on a scale of one to 10. How did you like the film? You know, where are you at? But here's what I'm going to ask you. Let's switch it up a little bit. On a scale of one to 10, how uncomfortable were you during this, uh, this film? <laughs> one being, you can watch it a thousand times with being all comfort, and 10 being, my skin is crawling. I don't want to watch it ever again. I couldn't even finish it. Nine. Eight or nine. Because I would say eight. Okay. Because I eight. did watch it again. <laughs> um, <laughs> but oh my gosh. Like, I don't I don't know. And I feel disclaimer on this whole thing, we are not parents. So anything that yes. we say is from our point of view and, you know, we may have a skewed point of view and we may not understand what it's like being a parent um, and those sorts of things. So don't come at us. We're just talking from our perspective. Or you uh, can, but we don't know. T- <laughs> so true. sorry. <laughs> true. But man, I would say it made me uncomfortable on a, on a eight scale because... Right. Yeah, there's just a lot to unpack. I I feel like <laughs> you're watching it and you're like, man, that's bad. And then something else happens and you're like, wow, that's worse. And it just keeps right. getting worse and worse. And it's like, you think that the worst has happened and then something else happens. Mm, that is so true. So like, you know, and the whole time you're watching, I, so I watched it when it first came out in 2017. So right. years ago. Um, wow. 2017 was, was years ago. Like it's 2021 now. Yeah, was it 2017 when I watched it, or because it whenever it came out on Netflix, I don't know. It was made in 2017. Whenever it hit Netflix is when I first watched it, and I just remember being like, "What?" And then I watched it again for this episode, and I was like, "Man, I forgot all this stuff happened." Mm. Like I I remembered the gist of the story and the story but i forgot all of the minor details like the alien abduction and wow right okay wow so, <laughs> the thing for me i like it was so shocking to me i would say probably eight or nine for me uncomfortable wise it was so shocking for me that i didn't remember i mean i didn't forget anything i like remember yeah. everything right for here's how i was watching the, the film the first time every time i would like make the face where i dropped my jaw Something would happen, I would drop my draw even further. By the end of the time, I was looking like Pennywise trying to eat one of them kids, <laughs> my jaw all the way open down to my chest because Stop. there's so much wild stuff going on. And and honestly, I think just just as a human, right? Maybe in the 80s, this makes more sense. If this came out in the 80s at the time that it was actually happening, mm-hmm. I think more people have sympathy for this 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 couple, this family. Right. We have 
came such a long way from just the beginning of like Stranger Danger, right? Mm-hmm. To to understanding to the whole movement against trafficking pedophilia. children, yeah. pedophilia, everything, whole movements. That when we watch it now, we're like, what the you know what, right? Yeah. <laughs> what the, if I can end a little bleep here, what the bleep right. is our mind is so blown because like how could you? Mm-hmm. You know? But I think that even now, people still get duped to this day. You say yeah, how could you, definitely. but you getting scammed over the phone. Right. You know what I'm saying? Sending four thousand dollars to somebody who you never met. So I can see how people can get scammed in a certain situations and stuff like that. But man, was times different. Matter of fact, Very let's different. talk. Let's talk about childhood real quick. I know we grew up different. So you grew up uh, East Texas uh, on on a home home on a range, you know, um, and <laughs> and uh, nothing wrong with that. Beautiful life. I grew up in the suburbs. Uh, very much so the, drove through the yeah, suburbs. Exactly. Very much so like uh the American dream, I guess you can say. Uh nice home, big family. Um we lived in a, a neighborhood where there was a lot of like mid middle aged to older people. Wealthy so it wasn't folk. a lot of kids. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It wasn't a lot of kids. And so it was nice. Here's the thing though. For me growing up, like walking home like by ourselves or in a group or leaving the door unlocked was like it was it felt safe. Yeah. To to ride that's, my bike to my friend's house, you know, and then just chill. That's leaving so the bike wild on the lawn. to me. Right. You know, it was just... It's wild to me because not that it wasn't safe to do that when I was growing up, but everybody just lived too far away, right? So it wasn't mm, walking yeah. distance to someone's house or whatever because I grew up in the middle of nowhere. Um, but I will say growing up, we did not lock our doors. Mm. Right, we so didn't like, lock our car doors. We didn't lock our home doors, even when oh, we were in there. Did you even and have asleep. blinds on your on your windows? Yes, we did. Oh, okay. I'm trying to ask, but, but you know, we did. But like, we never locked our doors when we left. We never locked our doors when we were there, like sleeping. Um, I I don't even. We didn't have house keys. That's how we didn't even. Wow. You know, yeah. Wow. Um, didn't. You know, all of our equipment outside, like the four-wheelers and things like that, kept the keys in them. Wow. No issues. Yeah. I mean, like, that's, like, unfathomable for somebody like me now. Like, right. Like, knowing where we are now, I'm, there's no way I'm not going to have a house key or my kids aren't going to have no house key. And right. I'm not going to be able to get in touch with them. And, and I also grew up without a cell phone. So, like, my parents, yeah, their, uh, their thing was, like, a cell phone or something you earned. You didn't need that freedom. We had a house phone and everything else. And so mm-hmm. I didn't get a cell phone until I turned, until we graduated. That was, like, part of our graduation gift was we, we got to, you know, a cell phone. And so yeah. we had to memorize the numbers up here, you know, mm-hmm. use that noggin mm-hmm. of ours, which is cool. I used to, like, know everybody's number. Now I can't tell you nobody's number. Um, right. But you, I'll be damned if I don't have my, if I'm not able to contact my child now. Right. And I will say I had a cell phone at a young age, but that's because, you know, when my dad remarried to my stepmom, they both worked an hour away. And so they would leave at like five o'clock in the morning and they wouldn't get home until six, seven o'clock at night. Mm. So me and my brother were alone majority of the time. Latchkey kid. And so, yeah, and we didn't have a house phone at that time. And so we needed some way to contact people. And then we were in sports and things like that. So a lot of times we were getting rides from other people's parents and things like that. So we needed a way to contact them. So luckily on that. But I will say that when my stepmom um, came into the picture, she was from a bigger town. And so of course she was like, nah, we need to start locking the doors and all this stuff. Right. So it was a hard transition. There are several, several times I got locked out of the house. Didn't have my key. Luckily I did have a cell phone because then I could call my, uh, call my grandma to come pick me up. <laughs> Cause <laughs> I was granny. locked out of the house. Hey, no, granny not granny. She came drive. Oh, oh well, no, my, you know, my other grandma. All right. Well, um, yeah, it's just I, I think you, we have to look at this this movie through a lens of like this was a different time, and mm-hmm. I, and part of that time I recognize because that's how I grew up, uh, it, where it right. felt very safe to do these things and like not everybody was and trying to live I in a gated like, community or had a ring light or a ring uh, a ring doorbell doorbell camera right and I think that back then people were just more trusting of others which actually blows my mind because you think about all of the true crime documentaries and 
podcasts and serial killers and Ted Bundy and all of this. It seemed like it was all back then, right? So why were people so trusting? (laughs) Well, I mean, if you think about it, though, also... And, and and this is the nature of it becoming skewed, and and, and I don't want to put fear and place fear in everybody. I think that having a nature of uh, of protection and being proactive in that is very smart. I understand it, but mm-hmm. also you have to think about like, let's take the show Crime Junkie. We love Crime Junkie. We're Crime Junkie fans. We okay, do. Every, every Monday we're tuning in, and uh, Ashley saying I'm Ashley Flowers, and together we're gonna say, and I'm Brit, right? Like. And um, that's what we do. So we understand that. And while let's say they have 700 episodes, well, 700 episodes, is 700 cases. Right. And if you talk about the 700 cases as per how many families are in the world or just in the United States, it's, that's not really a lot at all. So yeah, you, you kind of have to look at it from that lens, even though we know that this is 700 is a lot because one is too many. Right. In regards to how many people and how many families there are, is not you know so it's really not that common which is why the one thing that makes i think their episode so lucrative is like everybody's like this is a community that was rocked and why is the community so willing to come out and help well for a couple of reasons one because nobody wants a child or somebody to be abducted and two because they recognize this doesn't happen in our community it is rare right right you know what i mean but also they were in a community of mormons so I think that they were all very involved in the church, uh, right? Latter Day Saints, and um, because that's actually okay, that's actually where they met. B. So yeah. um, going back to this, the main characters are going to be Jan Broberg, who is the little girl who was abducted. Mm. Um, her parents, the Brobergs. Uh, Marianne and Bob, and then her siblings were in it, and I would like to bring them up just because I think that that goes into the uh, grooming aspect of it. So her siblings were in it. I think she had, what, two sisters? Um, And then Bob Birch told, or we'll just call him B, because both of the men have the same name. Um, So that's what Jan called him was B. So those are going to be the main characters. Uh, The Birch told met the Brobergs through church. Um, and in the documentary, they say, you know, there was, everybody had someone. So uh, this couple was married and had three kids and this couple was married and had three kids and they were all about the same age. So everyone had a companion in the other family and they just clicked immediately. Mm, except um, some of the companions were of the same age, huh? <laughs> Some of them yeah. were around uh, maybe one of the other family members. Uh, right. B, for, for lack of better words, was the ultimate finesser. Yes, He's very the ultimate much so. Finesser. He, he finessed pretty much everybody in that family. Yes, everyone. Um, so, and I think that that goes into the grooming aspect of it, too. Um, but we'll get into that a little bit later in the episode. Yeah, so interesting that you even brought that up. But before we get like too far in the weeds let me ask you a question Mm -hmm. as just a Mm -hmm. regular human being what aspect of the movie like pissed you off the most or was there like a moment where you're like i really this is beyond dumbfounding and it's kind of making me like mad now yeah um the whole thing Ah! (laughs) no but honestly i think that it was very frustrating. At first, it was kind of like, what the? And then the more you watched it, the more frustrating it got. Like, the fact that B abducted Jan. Right. And they didn't call the cops for two or three days because they were like, oh, he'll come back. He'll bring her back. They didn't want to upset his wife who came over there and was like, oh, you know, because, okay. Okay. Hopefully you've watched this. Hopefully you've watched this. But if not, go watch it and come back to this. But anyways, he asked the family, can I take Jan horseback riding? And they're like, ah, maybe not today. It's a school night. She's got piano lessons, got a lot to do. And he's like, well, how about I pick her up at piano lessons? We go ride horses. I bring her back. Okay, cool. Um, They go to, he picks her up. He gives her an allergy pill. Mm-hmm. That way she doesn't like, you know, sneeze and stuff around horses, whatever. The pill knocks her out. She wakes up 
somewhere else, thinking she's been abducted by aliens. So this is when he kidnaps her. What infuriated me was that the parents let it, didn't let it happen. The parents knew that she had been taken and they waited around. And what made me the most mad, and I even said something about this, is they were like, I know he wouldn't hurt her. Mm. If someone is kidnapping my child for days and I have not heard from them, my assumption is that that child is in danger because we already have that kind of relationship with you. And if you just wanted to spend a couple of days with my child or if right. you wanted my child to come spend the night or whatever uh, with your family, then we have that open line of communication. You see my child almost every day. Why take them? You know? So why That's did true. they not assume that the child was in danger? Right. I think that I think that you really have to take in, you know, on the other side to just to like try to answer that question. You really have to take in one, this is a different time and era. And two, right. they were like neighbors. So, you know, we this is not uncommon for them to have been together for some time. Right? right. They've been on trips together as families and everything else. And so, you know, essentially I'm sure they're probably looking at this person as like the fun uncle, right? Of like, oh yeah, boom, and they go off. But even to your point, they didn't have it in their minds that she was kidnapped because when right. they when they contacted the FBI, the FBI agent was trying to tell them like, hey, it took a while for me to get it in their head that their child was kidnapped. Their child was kidnapped. Yeah. It wasn't that like, oh, this person is your neighbor and y'all know him and he just took a child or whatever. No. Right. Your child has been kidnapped. Like, can you right. imagine trying to tell somebody? I... I um, I envision it's probably like telling somebody that the coronavirus is real and they don't believe it. Um, but can you imagine trying to tell somebody your child has has left your supervision without your permission mm-hmm. for longer a period of time with mm-hmm. somebody who you did not give permission to be with them for that a long that a lot of, right. amount of time. That right. is kidnapping, and they just right. be like, "Oh no, B would never do that." We just he we're just a little that, bit yeah. worried, like. He wouldn't kidnap because if you kidnap somebody, then there has to be like some foul play or something, you know. You gotta right. you gotta put the chlor the chloroform over their mouth and that'd be knocked out and everything else. Like that's the only way you can kidnap them. Um, right. And then being the FBI agent, like, no, your child has been kidnapped. Right, right. So I think it just even for them, they really didn't. So for it's wild for us to be like, there's no way. Because if it's my child. I've seen just, uh, I work at a college and there's plenty of time. And I understand this from parents. There's plenty of times where a child will go out, a student or somebody might might go out on a Thursday night, Mm -hmm. you know, and leave at like five. They're hanging out with their friends starting at five. They spend all Thursday night out with their friends and they stay at somebody else's house or whatever. Their phone dies. They don't have a charger, whatever it may be. By 4 a.m., we're getting blown up about we need to go check on this student because they haven't contacted their parents. Right. That's not even 12 hours. Right. Of the parent knows that the student is at college, but we haven't been in contact. So Mm -hmm. within that 12 hours, we're already doing wellness checks just to make sure that the child, the student is where the student is. And I understand that sentiment. So it's really hard from our lens to be like, how the hell did this happen? How did you let somebody, after three days, you're like, all right, maybe we need to contact the FBI. Because for me, after like, you know, after 20 minutes or an hour passed when I said you were supposed to be home, the mm-hmm. cavalry is out, bro. <laughs> like, right. the ca- I'm, I'm in the whip. My cousin's in the whip. You in the whip. We making phone calls. We putting out stuff. I might already have your face on a flyer. <laughs> right? Hanging right. up on the telephone poles. Whatever no it is. Uh, so it's really hard to kind of look back on that lens. And um, for y'all who may or may not hear my dog drinking water in the background, I do apologize. The dogs are in the kennel with me. And Perry is uh, bougie. And I have like this little water thing. <laughs> Sorry, this is a tangent. But I have this little water thing that's like, you know, you give like gerbils or whatever attached to the side. Yeah, like rabbits. And, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I gave that to him when he was very little. I got him when he was like seven weeks old. And so he's very used to drinking water out of that. Uh, apparatus so now he like only drinks water out of that he will like not drink water all day and then go or he'll skip the water trough that we have for him and come to his kennel to drink water out of the kennel it's really weird it makes a lot of noise 
Yeah, he's bougie. And the water in I can't is hear no it though, so we're good. Great. Anyway, um, yeah, I just it's really hard. You gotta look at it through that lens, but yeah, I just cannot believe so, they waited so long. That that made me mad. Back to the question. That made me mad. And then just everything past that point, I was like Continue to piss you off. You've got to be con- <laughs> Yes. Well, and then the fact that um they just let her go a second time. And she was like, right. no, I w-. first of all, the fact that he married her in Mexico. Mm. And when you say he, you mean B and Jan. B married Jan, the child that he abducted. Yes. Also, let's talk about her age. At this point, she's what? 12? 12, maybe. 12, 13. Yeah. yeah, because in Mexico at this time, it was 12. You could get married at 12 without parental consent lord and then they got her back and then the second time she was abducted right and she was like i want to go with b to jackson hole wyoming and if you don't let me go i'm gonna start walking down the road like i'm gonna go anyways so they put her on a plane nah nah not they moms put her on a plane pop said no her mom put her on a plane by herself to go stay with this man who has already abducted her and married her in Mexico. Like, are they still not... Are they still not believing what's happening? Because also when she got... when Was it when she returned from being abducted the first time and they took her to the hospital and they said that her hymen was still intact, so I guess they thought that she, she was not sexually sex. assaulted. Right. Even um, though she was. Yeah. And, and by the standards back then, you know, I'm sure. And even now to people who are uneducated, like that's like their standard of like, oh, this person still has their virginity. Not knowing that your, uh, you know, your hymen can be, uh, what is it, the correct term? Because I not I don't want to be the man here talking about hymen. <laughs> um, but there's plenty of other ways. You can be bike riding or very, you know, I was about to say, stuff like that. Just because it's not intact doesn't mean that intact. you've been having you. sex. Right. Thank you. Um, and so, and even if you can, you know, have sex and it still be intact. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, back then you, again, information and naive. And I think naive is the, the right. greatest way to put this. Some of it is just foolishness. Just, play, just straight mm-hmm. up fool, like mm-hmm. foolishness. Um, and, and, and even to give y'all a little bit more... Uh, information b had a sexual relationship not only with the wife of i mean the mother of jan but also with the father of jan okay yes let's get into that yeah so first um weren't they on a family vacation or something they were on a church no they were on a church trip and mm. uh not the mom marianne trip. jan's mom marianne and b the guy who kidnapped her um they like started kissing and touching each other and he like groped her breast, but that was as far as it went. She said, well then after that B who is the master manipulator went after Jan's dad and he was like, Hey, can we go for a drive? So they went for a drive and they like parked in this field or something. And B was like, man, I'm just feeling really stressed. I could use some relief. Can you relieve me? And Bob, Mm. the dad was like, Oh, okay. So he beat his meat. He gave the man a handy. Yes. He literally, which is like, again, this is not to shame or shade anybody of any, of any, anything. What I'm saying is B was so masterful at his grooming. He understood that he had to have won over the trust of not only the mom, but the father as well. But also the father. And to have something to hang over their head. Now he is forever connected to both because he can play them against each other. Also, after he kidnapped Jan and she was back the first time, the mom had sex with him. Mm. After full blown sex. After. After. Several times. So I just kidnapped your daughter, brought her back. And I, you know, your husband beat me off, and I'm smashing you after the fact. 
like I said, B is the most masterful. So let's talk about things that make make you mad. Let's talk about things that make you mad because I'm just getting mad here thinking about it all over again. Because, no, like right. I said, this this is so infuriating because it just gets worse and worse and worse. And you think the worst has happened and then something else happens and you're just like, is this like when I was watching it, it seriously felt like a made up story. It it seems so unreal that these things can happen. Yes. But that you're just like, what? But they do all the time. Right. Right. They do all the time. It's, and I say all the time, meaning that they're, free, they're more frequent than we think they are. Right. Absolutely. Um, and they're not in the moment. It doesn't seem like it's to this extent. Right. I feel right. like it's not until after the fact where you're like, wow, you couldn't see all of those glaring signs. Facts. But, but, you know, retrospect is 2020. Right. You know, and in different times, different things, because I'm sure that like whatever's happening now. Um, you know, if we get to 2052 and people are like, people in 2021 did this, you know, like right. with time, you know, time it heals all and reveals all, right? Absolutely. And so for us looking, you know, back then, I mean, there's plenty of stuff that we look at people in the 70s and 60s, like, what, why would you even, why would you even think that that's safe or right. smart to do? Um, well, and that's the thing is like, I want to, I want to say that we are not, I'm, I'm not in any way trying to shame this family because I obviously do not know what they went through and I don't know how I would have been in that situation because there's, I mean, gosh, you look back at some of your exes and you're like, why did I put up with that? Why didn't I see that exactly. before? Exactly. You know? And so, so like, it's hard we've all in been situation in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to be able so, to see through the BS. Exactly. So I want to say that I'm no, I'm in no way judging. I'm in no way trying to judge this family or criticize what they did. But it is kind of crazy to look back and just mm-hmm. be like, man. But I feel the same way about myself sometimes. Right. So. And and really, <laughs> I think the crazy part about it, and here's why I think, for me at least, I think it's so wild, is that he didn't just manipulate one person. It's different when you get right. maybe one or two and you can right. you can scoop past the second one. He finessed the entire fam. That's entire why it's family. so mind-blowing because typically somebody in the house is saying, hey, bro. Mm-mm. Right. Because even with your exes, somebody in your life was like, hey. Mm-mm. Right. And you <laughs> might have said, you know, whatever you wanted to say about it because you felt mm-hmm. a certain way. But for them, it it seemed like everybody was just getting finessed, and and then it was a you know a mouse to the trap, you know. Uh, right. I'm a mouse to the trap. I'm a dog. I'm a ee, baby. <laughs> anyway, um, it, you just going, you you feeding on the cheese. You just you get caught up in a situation, like your neck snap. So right, and it's just insane thinking about how manipulative this man was. Right. I mean, literally the master finesser, the master right. finesser. Uh, and, and here's the thing about. Everything that you said that makes you mad makes me mad too. Mm-hmm. That as a man, as somebody who um, is really trying to be very like biblical when it comes to husbandry and 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 what it means to be a man in the household and a mm-hmm. provider and a protector, those things make me mad. One, you're not convincing me to relieve you of your stress, fam. Yeah, I call you somebody you know that was willing to do that for you before I did it for you. I ain't gonna. That's number one. Number two, like I don't think I'm close to, not, and I got real brothers out here that I would die for. I'm not beating they meat, okay? Mm-hmm. Like that's just me. Two, there's no way in the world that I'm allowing any, even my closest of friends to take my. Children, doesn't matter female or male, for longer than I have allowed them to do. Right. And I can't get in touch with them. I can't find them. I can't. There's no way. Ain't no relationship after that, bro. Right. Ain't no. That's the. That's to me. That's the ultimate betrayal. Uh, I have a duty to my, to my children, my family, and my children. And I entrusted in you, and you broke that trust. It's a wrap. We not neighbor. If I see you, it's on site, twenty four seven now. I'm going to have that energy every time I see you. Don't talk to me. Don't look at me. Don't do nothing. I ain't accepting no apologies, no nothing. Mm-hmm. You don't do that. Even if it was an incident where something really did happen, it was an accident. Okay, maybe I understand. You couldn't get to the phone. Y'all went to the mountains. Okay, but here's my issue there. You say you're going horseback riding in, in this place, but you went to another place and that happens. Again, I entrusted you with the protection of my family. Mm-hmm. 
and you went off the trail and did something mm-hmm. else. I don't trust you no more. We, I can't rock with you. But you're not going to tell me that you went to Mexico and tried to marry my daughter. Honestly, I'm. I, it would not surprise me if old buddy caught a case for like trying to injure him. Right. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I think the whole thing was like, was maddening from the perspective of what I have. Now, again, we said it before, yeah. we prefaced this, we don't have children. But even for me now, if I was just watching my niece and nephew, I would feel the same. Right. right? Like, I would feel the same. Yeah. And I mean, let's get into grooming a little bit because I yes. think that when when there are adults who are grooming children, they are not just grooming the children. They are grooming the entire family. And the documentary went into this a little bit. And this is why I brought up the siblings because she had siblings. She Mm. was not the only child in the family and he had his own kids, but his sights were set on Jan the entire time. And what I found weird Um, And as kind of not the first red flag, but a red flag is that his family went on vacation and he asked if Jan could go with the family. So to me, I'm like, why just Jan? Why just one of my kids out of all three of them to go with your family? Right. Red flag. You know, the red flag up. Because you could yeah, ask like, all why of them, are you- we're going on a family trip. Is it cool if I, you know, if your kids come along with my kids, they right. have a good time. Not like, can, can, can Jan specifically? That, to me, that's right. automatic no. Right. Exactly. Automatic. Automatically. Um, or but, him I buying mean, Jan things and right. showing Jan special attention when all the families were together. Like, and those, so I, I think, are obvious. I somewhat understand, like, the one-person aspect. Like, I have friends growing up, you know, and I went on family vacations with other friends. But here's the thing. It wasn't their parents who were asking my parents if I can come. It was right. my friend and the other family like, yo, we're going on a family trip. Can my friend Corey come with me? Right. I'm not friends with the rest of your family. Well, I'm friends with I, Corey. Right. My best friend, Aubrey, I always went on vacation with her and her family. She was an only child. I'm not. But obviously it was just, but, but she was my friend. It's right. not like, kind of like what you were saying. I was friends with her and it wasn't her family wanting me to go uh, so much as, Aubrey wanting me to go, you know, right, and her, right. her parents love me as their own and still to this day do. Um, but it was never like a singling out thing. Mm. Yeah, no, I feel you. And so that's what, that's what makes it weird for me. So if we're talking about grooming, just to switch modes, we're talking about sexual grooming. I think it's important to know. I'm gonna look up an actual like definition. Yeah. Okay. Do that. So that, um, I don't mess this up, and I want you to know what it actually eat, means. What it actually eats. What the hell's going on? <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so this one site says that it's pretty much termed as child grooming, which is befriending and establishing an emotional connection with a child, sometimes the family, and to lower the child's inhibitions with the objective of sexual abuse. Now, here's the thing. When it comes to grooming... Mm-hmm. You you know my story because I've told my story before, so I'm telling now. In previous episodes, when we talked about coercion and sexual assault, I think this is important to me because it's something that happened to me. Growing up, I knew other guys who always talked about how they had sexual encounters, and I mean other guys who were who were all below 18, who had sexual encounters with women who were in their 30s and 40s, who were very much so older than them. Now, as a child and as like a young male, that was like a cool thing for us, right? That was like a status booster. Or that's what the world kind of told us was a status booster. Like, oh, you're having sex with older women. Like, that's cool. In hindsight, what we did not know is that we were being abused. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's what happened with me. Um, part of my, no, not part of my story. I guess part of my story because everything's part of the story. Is that my earliest sexual encounters with was a woman who was pretty much in her 40s. Mm-hmm. Right. And so at the time I'm in cool with my friends and everybody else. Cause I feel like they're doing the same thing and they're telling me they're doing the same thing. And they're showing me that they're doing the same thing. It's only when I get older and recognize what happened. I felt like I was groomed. And then I started seeing that my friends were groomed. Right. Cause I didn't know what grooming mm-hmm. was. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm very, very, very much. So um, an advocate and proponent of like, when we think about sexual assault, we have to get the stigma 
away from just like it's men doing this to women. Right, right. But people are being abused. And I'm not mm-hmm. trying to compare one of the others worse, but here's what mm-hmm. I will say. I knew a lot of of boys who were having sex with older women who were well above the age of 18 and we were well below the young of 18, uh, the, the age of uh, 18. And right. I don't know about their situations. I don't know if they were specifically groomed, uh, but mine happened over a course of years before the sexual activity encountered. Well, and I think that what's important to note is the reason why statutory rape is a thing, right? Right. Why consenting age is a thing. Because even if at 16, you're like, oh, yeah, dude, I like bag this older woman, all this stuff. Like, you do not know what you're doing. Like, it has been proven through science and all of this stuff that your brain is not fully developed to make those decisions for yourself at that young of an age. Or at least the, the science that we have adopted here in Western civilization, right? Right. Because there's plenty of other cultures that you're able to get married younger and things of that nature. Right. And, and I'm not saying anything different against any other culture. Um, the culture that we subscribe to, it is weird. It is disgusting. Right. So... And- a woman at that age should not be looking at teenage boys, especially if they have right. kids that age. Right. Right. That And that's what I'm trying to get at, is that there's some people who feel a certain way about, like, um, single moms who are raising sons. And again, I don't know what everybody's situation is, and this may not be real, but I have seen situations like that, where the mom is has entered a sexual relationship with their son. Like, it is not not happening mm-hmm. it is happening i've seen situations or heard of situations where dads entering sexual relationship with their daughters mm-hmm. and or sons or anybody it's disgusting it's ridiculous when it comes from an outside angle it definitely is is grooming right especially if it was this entire time i was trying to have sex with you i just had to wait until you know until i lowered your inhibitions and gained your trust so much so i understand where jan was coming from where jan was like oh i just want to be with b because when you're that young you start to think like, this is what love is. And like, maybe mm-hmm. I actually love this person, which is why I feel so attracted to this person. Cause it's not like my age, like older. Um, and so that's how you feel on the inside. So I understand the angles when it comes to Jan, Jan got finessed. Mm-hmm. Like Janet is at no fault this entire time. Right. And, and her parents have fault when it becomes into the, the ability of protecting Jan Right. From times where they could have protected her. And I'm not Absolutely. saying just stuff could have happened. There, there was exactly they were victims too. There was I think there were times where they could have protected Jan even further, but they did not. They mm-hmm. chose not to. But then I also believe that they were victims too of the manipulation grooming. of from right. and the grooming from B. He is a master manipulator. And that's exactly what he did. And uh for those of you out there who are still grooming children, uh you're despicable. It's despicable. It is very despicable. Yeah. I think the most famous case, obviously, people know about R. Kelly. Um, Yeah. I think also in this documentary, there's a point where the whole family is eating dinner. um, And Jan starts, like, swaying back and forth and, like, slurring her words. Because B B had slipped her something. But the whole family was like, what's wrong with you? Like, they didn't realized that she had been drugged and so b was like in front of the whole family her family and his family was like oh let me go lay her down i'll go lay her down it's fine right what the no I punch you in your throat. no you're not gonna lay my child down i'll go put my child to sleep right and he did and he stayed there and when she woke up he saw she saw him naked like the, what the family was there that's what i mean by opportunities to protect your child that's right. what I mean by that. That was an opportunity for somebody in that family to say, first off, what kind of proposition is that, bro? Right. I'll go lay her down. No, both of her parents are here and her siblings. So I think that we've got this under control. Y'all can leave because obviously something's going on here. Like she's sick. Let's just end this here. Go home. I we'll see you tomorrow. Even, I wouldn't even like... With my nieces and nephews, if I'm at the, the table and they feeling whatever way, I'm looking at my my brothers and sisters. At their like, parents, y'all yes. Y'all going to do something about this? Like, y'all going to... Yes. Hey, you know what? When you leave the room, I can hold down the entertainment. You know, I'll crack a couple jokes and laugh and ha-ha and 
mm-hmm. whatever. I'll, I'll keep the conversation going, but you go go ahead and take care of your child. No inkling in me is like I need to, I need to take care of this child. Yeah. Mm-mm. What? Right. Like even if I wasn't like even if I was watching the kids, let's say I was watching the kids. Um, you know, fun uncle. I'm watching the kids. We're watching the kids, right? And mm-hmm. something weird is starting to happen. The first thing I'm doing is I'm picking up the phone and calling right. their parents like, hey, we're eating dinner and I don't want to necessarily alarm you, but I, I really want to let you know, like, your your child is saying this, that, and the third, and it's just really, un, you know, it's not like this person. Yeah. And I think what might be best, if you're able to, is you need to come check this child out. You, you might want to come grab your child. Right. I'm not even thinking in that situation when they're not even there that is like, I'm, that I'm not going to include the parent on what I'm doing with their kid. And also, even if they did go lay, even if he did go lay the child down or whatever, if he's not coming back up within a decent amount of time, I'm going down there. Yeah, yeah right. I'm Somebody going to say, uh, hey, B been in there for a minute, huh? Lead the door or at least, <laughs> Or at least check on, well, and her bedroom was in the basement. So, of course, he could get Hell her alone no, that way. Man. But also... Not even like, not even the fact that he's been with my child for a long time, but how is my child doing? Because obviously my child was sick or something was going on with Right, <laughs> right. So I need to go check on my kid. Maybe they're asleep and I just want to see if they're good, you know, if they're breathing right. or whatever, or put them over on their side or I don't know, but I'm going to go check on my kid. You ain't going to be down there for a while. You say, I'm going to go put her down. You should come back up. If that was even yeah, the thing, like, cool, you go in there, you get it tucked in, you come back upstairs, bro. Yeah, Where you at? Wild. Why are you down here? So, oh man, it's just. But what is even more? And I just keep thinking of different things because, like I said, it just kept getting worse and worse. But what's even more despicable is that he had shown this behavior. Jan was not the first child. There were several before her that he tried to do this kind of stuff to, and the parents intervened. Specifically, two other girls at the church that right. they they said that he tried to do this to. But even those girls were not the first because his brother, B's brother, then gets on the documentary and is talking about how he showed this behavior as a child and how he, he always with liked his little girls. That's what he said. His, his He always liked his little girls. And as a teenager, was sexually assaulting his little sister. His little sister. Yeah. So come on, bro. Come so on. you're telling me that his family knew of this behavior. They have proof of this behavior. And he's still going out here doing this, and I just it's don't know. So infuriating. This is a okay. I remember now when I watched Watching it the first it, time how angry I felt. I was about to say <laughs> throwing popcorn at the screen, like yeah. I just was sitting there in just so much. I don't even know anger was the right emotion. I was just in so much shock of like disbelief. Yeah, yeah of wow this happened and it might have it might really be that our perspective is so much more advanced in that moment but i guess that kind of brings me to like well just a second i was actually listening to a crime junkie episode yesterday and it was peggy raomi um anyways they were talking at the end of the episode about grooming and about um, the signs to see because a -hmm. lot of times you can't tell. Like if you are not around the adult who's grooming your child, you often can't see those behaviors in a child, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so they were talking about ways that you can see if if an adult is grooming a child is by spending extra time with just that child, which I think that we saw in this documentary, um, buying special gifts for just this child. I think we saw that, uh, getting the child alone. We saw that that. like like, everything we very much saw, you know? Yeah. And if you're looking at it from the child standpoint, you want to look for stuff like, is there some sort of friendship there between the child and the adult? Is there some sort of secrecy, right? Where you're trying to ask these questions about what they were doing and the child's like not coming forth with this, these questions, right? Um, right. You know, like like stuff like that. So you have to be able to recognize some of the the symptoms and or symptoms, the signs of what's going on with my kid. And a lot of that takes time and spending time with your kid and and understanding. I have to look at areas of my children's life and say, if I'm talking to my child and they can't 
talk to me about a certain situation. They're willing to talk to me about anything else. They have. But when it comes to this person, they are not willing to say much. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a red flag. I have to be able to think right. that's a red flag. If, right. Like we said earlier about the vacation. Oh, can Jan come on vacation with us? That's a red flag. I, we, right. like them thing, you have to look at every single action. And I think that I do this. Here's one thing I enjoy about me. Myself, at least. It's a it's a blessing and a curse. And you know this because I, I say this all the time. I look at motivation behind everything. I don't yeah, care. You, you look at motive. Yeah. Yes. What is the, why did you, I don't care what you say. You can say whatever you, you wanted to say. To me, the words that you say don't hurt me. Mm-hmm. Your motive behind what you said is what gets to me. Right. You can call me whatever you want to call me. Why did you call me? It is what is going to get, is going to hurt me. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like if mm-hmm. I trust you and I love you and you did something just to hurt me, that's what's upsetting. Not what you said. Right. And so even when we do stuff, even when we're talking, when you ask me questions, the other day, I'm telling you a little funny story. We're driving home Uh-oh. and uh, <laughs> we were driving home on the road and, and I'm much of a planner. I like to plan stuff out. Katie is just live life day to day. I'll figure out what we're going to do in this moment. Uh, like today, she wants to go to the lake. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's that, that's how Katie is. I love it. So we're in a car and specifically on road trips, me personally, I like to like, we planned on doing this. Let's go do this. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like boom, boom, boom. Now there is time for us to do be spontaneous when we get to our destination, but I'm not much of a stop on the road guy. Like I'm like, let's fill up and just get there. And then when we're there, we can do whatever we need to do. And so we're like halfway through the trip and Katie goes, oh, oh yeah. um, which way are we taking? Are we going like this way, you know, through Dallas? Or are we going like our normal way past our old uh, apartment? And rather than me answering that question, because most people would answer that question, my immediate thought is, what is the motive behind that question? So I asked her, what did I ask you? Why? What do you want I was, to do? I said, what's the question behind that question? What's the yeah. real question? Don't ask me that. Why is it? Why is it important to you who is riding on which way that we go? That's my first thought. That's how I think about everything. Now, Katie wanted to go get her eyebrows threaded and everything else, and they look very but nice. But they look good, don't they? They do look good. They do look good, and she wanted to get some Starbucks uh, oh because the Starbucks here hasn't um, hasn't had the thing that she wanted, and it's it's whatever. It's okay. It's uh, literally no skin off of my butt. It only took like five minutes, and so it's, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, it's it was on the way super anyway. quick. Um, but that's how I think. That is literally a little peek into my mind. She asked me that question. My first question was, why is it important for her to know which way we're going when she's doing nothing but right. writing? So there's another question behind that. That's me finding out what the motive is. So instead of me answering that question, because that's a waste of my time, what is the question that you just ask me the real question you want to ask me? That's how I think about everything. Every move, every everything that comes out of somebody's mouth, I'm always thinking, what's the motive behind it? Because mm-hmm. I, like I said again, psychology and counseling is my background. We don't just say stuff just to say stuff. And as much as you would like to believe that, I know that your brain doesn't work that way. Right. So if you say something, there's motive behind what you are saying. You need to just blurt Mm -hmm. it out. And even if you think you blurt it out, you just might not know that your brain did that for a reason. So I'm always thinking motive behind stuff. So for me, I think that's what makes me somewhat of a great protector. I also think it makes me less spontaneous. So that's like the downfall, right? Of, um, you know, every, sometimes stuff just can be what it is and you should just want to have fun. Like, that's the only motive behind it. Um, you don't have to plan so far ahead. But I am always looking into the safety aspects of stuff. When we even talk about travel, right. we talk about travel a lot. That's like the first thing I go to. Do we have money to do it? How safe is it? Right. That's true. You know, I'm not thinking about the beach. I ain't thinking about j- jacuzzis in the room. I mean, I am partly thinking about jacuzzis in the room and stuff like that. But... My mind definitely goes to the other aspects. Am I even welcome as a black man in the space that we're trying to go to? Right. Uh, like everybody said in our live on TikTok, they were like, you don't want to go to Boston. <laughs> 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 they told me to drive by Boston and just let, you know, maybe I drop Katie off and just I wave. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, that was funny. Uh, all right. So if you had a child who was being groomed or yes. that you saw those tendencies, how would you handle that? And that, how would you that is ha- our question how would week. you have that conversation with your child to let them know? Because I think in a child's mind, of course, I think all children, m- most children, want attention. Right? We're mm-hmm. in a very de- developmental stage where uh, 
we kind of thrive off of the attention of our parents or getting noticed or things like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that probably in those grooming situations, you don't feel like you're being groomed. You feel like you're being right. loved and valued and appreciated and right. you don't have to share, you know, um, attention with your other two siblings. Right. You know, you're the you're the oldest Jan was the oldest child and so there were two others after her that she probably felt responsibility for and so then she kind of assumed and I'm just assuming all of this right now but right how would you handle that situation like how would you talk to your child and be like I'm sorry you can't be with this person because it's inappropriate like how do you right. get that through to a child that doesn't see an issue because so, that's essentially what we saw in when they took her or when they let her fly to Jackson Hole is that she was like, I want to be with him. I want mm-hmm. to marry him. Mm-hmm. Girl, if you don't get. Right. You don't be no. You don't even know. Like they, that, the old folks used to say all the time, you don't even know what love is. You wouldn't <laughs> know love is it hit you in the face. Like, and then you'd be trying to tell them, I, yes, I do. I am in love. I'm in love. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um. That's that is a question. So if you have an answer to that, parents or anybody, uh, people who are about to be parents, or just go ahead and like email that into us, and we will spend time, uh, you know, trying to maybe do some episodes or little, you know, YouTube things where we read that off. And uh, right, my question for TikTok and, is and think about it in a this person has been manipulating. Don't just be like right. Well, it's on site because. That's yes. not always how it is, you know, right. because there are people that are super close. They may be your best friend and mm-hmm. they're grooming your child and you don't even know or you don't realize or you notice something's weird. So you want to cut that off before it gets there. Exactly. And for those who are uh, watching on TikTok, here's here's my question to you and stitch this. OK, stitch this and answer this question. How are you? Working already to protect your child. That's the only question. How are you working already to protect your child? That's a good one. Um, and stitch it. Show us. Show the world. You know, some people, it could be anything. It could be you have a ring light. I mean, a ring doorbell camera. It could be you have this and that. And uh, I saw something the other day talking about they're trying to they make uh, baby monitors and stuff that can't be hacked. And show us. I don't think that when it comes to protection, sometimes we do get a little bit overboard. But at this moment, I do. I, I'd rather you be safe than sorry. Right. As long as you're not harming the child in any way, do what you got to do. That's what we want to know. So those are our questions for the week. Uh, email us, pressnextpodcast at gmail.com if you want to answer that question. Or if you would like to ask us any questions or tell us a story about something where we can uh, we can read it on air. And yeah, that please go watch that. Abducted in Plain Sight uh, came out 2017. It is still on Netflix. A very wild roller coaster of a ride crazy katie g do you have any church announcements um let's see what you got um, going on this I'd... week or then you want to push anybody uh, to or... no i don't have anything except uh follow us on twitter press next pod um instagram press next podcast tiktok Press Next Podcast, or you can follow us on our... We don't really post a lot on our TikTok uh, as far as it being, like, the Press Next page, so you can probably focus uh, or follow us on our personal pages. Do you know your personal page name? Uh, Yes, it is Caitlin Mid. So C-A-I-T-L-I-N-M-I-D-D. And mine is uh, Corey underscore Middleton, so C-O-R-I underscore M-I-D-D-L-E-T-O-N. I might be changing that because, you know, I got my government name out there. But y'all know who I am. You know, it's co-host Corey. So, uh, yeah, go follow. <laughs> I would probably say we're probably most active now on TikTok and uh, IG. So if you really want to be a part of that, please do. And all we want to do is interact with our fans. So please, <laughs> please go follow us and interact with us. And then also, as we say, every time we're self-funded, uh, we do a call to action and say, hey, if you would like to just support us at all, there's a couple things that you can do. A drop a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, yes, and also, leave us a review. We love yes, reading them. We love reading them. We love getting them. Drop us a review. And then also drop us some coin too. You know, some silent coin, some digital coin. Uh, drop the whole stimmy 
drop a half a paycheck, drop a dollar, five or 20, whatever you would like to do. Just show us some love. Press next podcast on Venmo and on the cash app. Um, and then we will use that and try to make a better experience for you. Um, we really do appreciate it. We are self-funded. And without any further ado, you know how you know what time it is. You know what time it is. It's a Sunday, so we're chilling. I'm going to be watching TV. Uh, maybe I'll go to Lake, but I'll be watching TV. So when Netflix asks, are you still watching? I'm going to press next. There we go. Always press next. We love y'all. We'll see y'all next week.